stressful you know and I'm coming up on my year anniversary it'll be one year next week that I worked there it'll be one year tomorrow that I moved here the 31st it's always those depressing anniversaries because you always want it to be like oh I like you always kind of want to have like a show business milestone or, or some like triumph you've had you know I got representation eight months in you know what I mean or whatever but but you know, at the same time, can you time, just make sure the mic's in your face? Yeah, yeah. Like, can you hear me? Like, yeah, literally. Just, just so the sounds better. Just make Absolutely. sure the fronts and I'll, I'll make sure I speak into it too. I'm investing on mics where you where you could do that, where Ooh, it's not because these are stage mics, so you have to have them like in front of your mouth. Oh, mind. okay, okay. It's good to know. Thank you. But yeah, it just um, uh, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> with uh, with being here a year. You know, I, I've been reflecting, you know, what do I like, what do I don't like, what do I think about it, you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't regret it, I'm glad I'm here. Oh, yeah. Work-wise, I've, uh, I've been extremely busy, but that being said, I tell you this much, I've learned a shitload, man. I have learned a lot. And you know, I've been In doing- In your profession as yeah, far as that? Yes. I've learned a hell, and you know something? That's part of the reason why I came out here too, because it was just like- you know, I'm going to work for a developer. And when you work for a developer, it, it's it's the major leagues. You know, you're really trying to pull some stuff off and you're dealing with a lot of different That's like a line people. someone says in a shitty romantic comedy. <laughs> Listen here, babe. <laughs> this is the major leagues here. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say like L.A. Chicago's the same way. I mean, it, Chicago's a tough city. You work for a developer in Chicago, you're busting your ass. Any of the major cities you're doing work in, you're working hard. You know, because you go out into these smaller states when I was in Wisconsin and did this work, I didn't do development work. I did finance there. You it go to li- these small little shit-heel towns. You know, these guys, they it literally, It literally is like half of the intensity. Ooh, California's gold. Here it, we it's go. It's so easy. <laughs> See, dude, this is, how, this is how important the impeachment trial is. Public television is being interrupted by live impeachment trial. Yeah. It's been going on. I tell you what, man, this has been a... Dude. It's These guys happening. can't drink coffee during this. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I have not like you. You got a like, so cup of Joe. Boring. Keith's got a good cup of Joe. Cup right of now. Joe, man. It's good. I like it. It's good luck. It works for you. It's but, the it's sober people cigarette. The yeah, nice well, absolutely. Where you can lean up against a wall and yep. shoot off some advice or something like that. And plus, you, you know, there's caffeine in it, so there's a drug in it. You oh, get a little bit you of get a buzz. tuned up, dude. I'm gonna be up till three in the morning. I cannot drink the shit. I, I don't know I if mean, you realize this. I don't need it, Keith. <laughs> well, like I said off the air. I don't air, know if you realize this. Oh, no, you're high. You're tuned up. Yeah. But just, like I'm I said, naturally pretty off. Like I said off the air, this is definitely going to cause some sort of health effect <laughs> at 55. <laughs> I drink too much coffee. My heart pounds when I sleep. I tell you what. my uh, I asked I had a friend of mine, a doctor, and I asked him. I was like, well, because my friend, my friend Rob Dowling, the three of us, we were roommates in college. Reich Allen. This guy looks like Rob Richard Dowling, Kind doing the himself. Oh, yeah, he's a guy from a congressman from, is he from Michigan, I think? Or I don't know where he is. He's one of the main guys. He's one of the main guys that's, uh, that's uh, doing the argument. His pants are way up there. Yeah, well, he's an old old dude. But he, him and, like, Schiff uh, are definitely, like, the main forces behind this, you know? It's a good milestone in life when your man fupa is so fat you could put your <laughs> pants over it. It's like a belt. So the point I was going to make, though, with my, my buddy Rob down, he drink, I mean, he drinks black, jet black coffee, two pots a day, minimum, minimum. Oh, that's where I'm at. I, and I and he was just, 
And he was asking my, my friend, our friend Mike, is that effective? Mike's a big coffee drinker. He's like, no, you're just drinking water. And yeah, there's a drug in it. Okay. But frankly, it's not fucking smoking cigarettes. It's just drinking water no. with caffeine. That's it, all you're doing. And I think it ceilings out. Like, I don't think you could, you might be <laughs> oh. able to overdose on coffee if you drink enough. Oh, God. But it I, sounds like hell to me. I love the idea of coffee, too. I love the smell of it. Well, you can get it to taste good, too. Is it the taste? Do you not like the taste? It's just, I don't know. I never developed that in cigarettes, man. I never developed a fucking liking for them. I don't know. You're probably better for it. You're a pretty, in general, healthy person. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't gone to the gym in months. I'm so ashamed of it. There's one in my basement, dude. Oh, you should go down there, man. I'll probably go tonight. You should. I mean, I'm I have to hit Target after I get paid, and then after doing adult <laughs> shit, I'll fucking hit the gym. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I definitely am a creature of habit. I like the routine. I actually respond well to nine to five. I do. Uh, but that being said, it's motivating me, dovetailing back into full circle of being here for a year. Like the work, uh, like the people I work with, works difficult, high volume of work. It's motivated me to make my, my script as good as possible. That, that, that is what it has done. I feel like, you know, my writing partner, who I've uh, been working with since I went back to Chicago. Nothing so worse than when MASH is in commercial break. <laughs> yeah, the, the caliber of commercial. Look at this, dude. Two separate Medicare channels. Medicare benefits in question. They're, they're dude, the same commercial. Larry Gelpart <laughs> is making bank, dude. He's on MeTV. Is, is he still alive? I don't know, but his He's fucking grandkids dead, are killing it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Then you got WGN America playing a goddamn marathon of MASH. Let's see where they're well, well, at. You know, they're you on know, commercial, too. You know, I think it was Larry Gelpart who wrote that the, the USS Indianapolis scene in Jaws. It was a writer for MASH. It was a writer for MASH yeah, that did that. Yeah, and he also was a writer for, I think, the Smothers Brothers. Oh, I, I believe Or, like, that. one of the comedy shows yeah, that, that, like... Yeah, kind of broke through. Yeah, because I just read this... Cl- I finished this Cliff Nesteroff book, and Larry Gelpart was on this big, like, writing team. It was, like, Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Larry Gelpart. Oh, no, it was fucking, a Sid Caesar show. It yes, was it was Sid Caesar. Yeah, it, it was it was like Woody Allen, Mel Brooks. You know, I think uh, Gelpart. Gelpart. I think it was also uh, what's his face, uh, uh, Reiner, Carl Reiner. Yes, I think it was, was on that. I mean, it Reiner. was like no, heavyweights. No, 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 no. Rob Carl, was his kid. Yeah. No, yeah, it was Carl. It was his old man who directed the Jerk, who's still alive. He's like ninety six years as old. Fuck. Him St- and his woke dude. He's all about like. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, well he's him. He Brooks. And <laughs> And, and, and what's the guy? The guy who created the CBS shows that were huge in the seventies. I, I can't forget his name right now. Norman Norman, Norman Lear. Lear. Those three guys are like old in their nineties. Hold on to life, Jews. Oh, just power. Yeah. Fuck holding on to life. Holding on to the the control of Hollywood. That's gonna be like a ripple effect when those guys die. Yeah, I wonder. The you know? exec. That's the top exec chair. Opening up on they each have their own companies. I wonder who's like angling for that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The, the, well, the whole... Rob has his own has made his own way. Oh, so absolutely. He doesn't get, but he's probably going to inherit some shit. Uh, Jake Reiner, the youngest Reiner, is on CBS. He does sports on CBS. <laughs> he works with Alicia. Really? Yeah. Oh, like local CBS? Yeah. That's hilarious. Los Angeles. Well, yeah. Hey, man, you're a bit of a name. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, you're you're in L.A. Well, dude, he's got market, and he's know? rich. He's he sure. is born of generational wealth. It's a hobby job. God. He gets this is what I wanted. I want to just cover because I'm a big sports fan. You know, that's why. That's why. Well, I, I don't know if he he took sports. He did something else. But he, I think he just likes. It's the type of the thing where like I'm rich. And I can get a job in journalism, and I like it. He probably used his connections to get the job for sure. But he's good. 
And he's he's oh, and sure. he's hot. He's a hot dude. You know, a handsome guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm sure he's got enough of a face. You got to have a face to be on local TV around. He might here. be above the threshold of handsome, like, <laughs> like truly, like like a like a. Uh, he'll like, steal. Yeah, he'll <laughs> fuck your girl. <laughs> like, hey, anyway, my point is, my point is with how long being before I got year, racy? Seven it's minutes. Good. I like that's good, man. No, no, it's, that's good. It, it was it was actually yeah, I like that. That was within the good parameters. It wasn't like and then I came Wait, on her ten. tits. <laughs> now at least I, we got a sound bite. <laughs> no. Been here a year. Back to the point of, uh, I, uh, it's motivated me to write, and, and so I, I've been, you know, talking with my writing partner. He gave me some dialogue this week for sections of the script that he wanted to contribute to, uh, which is good. Uh, it was a, it was a reveal of my character. Why did I get involved in this work? And we're trying to weave it into my mom being the president of her now chapter in the late 1970s, and kind of the effect that that had on me of like racism. It's good and stuff. Add, add a little wokeness to it. Yeah, too. exactly. But but he gave he gave me uh, his dialogue was good. I like it's an important pivot in, in the story, so it's got to be done right. It's got to be done right because it's a reveal of the character, you know, and what you're trying to prove or show with the depth of the character. I think that's something I've learned about being out here is that, I mean, it sounds so st- like it's stupid to say that I've realized this now. Yeah. Like that it, see, it makes me see, it, it, you realize how ill-prepared I was moving out, but like <laughs> the final effort of stuff really has to be there. Oh, yeah. Like you can't just trust whatever talent you think you have and like in chicago when you become i think i even talked about this a, a long time ago on an episode in, in chicago yeah when you become established it kind of gives you free reign to fuck around a little bit yeah well, I, to where I you're see. like i'm gonna get booked anyway because i'm one of yeah. the top guys so i could kind of go up and test i can treat shows like open mics and i could do this and that gee i wonder who that sounds like in 1999 <laughs> And then you move yeah. out here, and you uh, you have you kind of have to you find your little pockets where you could fuck around. But in general, you got to fucking well, you got to be motivated, motivated, and you have to be professional most of the time, and you got to do well almost every time. Yeah, you certainly got to do well, and your and just your effort doing stuff. You can't just be like, I think I'm gonna write a pilot. In no, chi- in no. certain places, ha- just having a good idea will get people going. Like, oh, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah. But you, out you here, have to execute it. <laughs> you almost get made fun of if you tell your friends, like, oh, I got this idea. Oh yeah. Like I, until you get a deal, uh, an yeah. actual deal in show business. Yep. People kind of laugh at you if you if you are even like, yeah, I'm writing a pilot. Yeah, no, I mean, I talked to Dan Coffin about it on New Year's Eve, and then the next day, somebody's like, hey, you were talking about your pot, and he, like, made fun of me, <laughs> which was funny. You got a good, you have a dude, and I'm saying, yeah, you have a genuinely good idea, a good enough idea to where if anything happens of it, I'm going to make you give me a job on the show. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I've already, well, yeah, listen to me, because I swear the to God, crocious. I've had no success in show business. Why would I have the arrogance yeah. to think this is going to work? I'm not a guy who holds stuff over anyone's head, but I've given you two to three good ideas about this script. <laughs> what, 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 and I what, expect, what, what, I just, I'll fucking what be a were PA. They again? I don't remember. I'll be a PA. Uh, no, of just like placement of stuff. Like I think, like I remember, I think I said that like, uh, of like where you, you had a certain pivotal moment with a female character and I was like, oh no, put it here. And you were like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. And then yeah. about like how descriptive you have to be. I remember I told you about that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Well, it's interesting. I, I've been, 
Because believe me, if I, I, even if think I got the, a show, absolutely. I even think the idea of having the interview be like happening during the episode. Oh yeah, was the, a suggestion of mine. Oh yeah, yeah. That, no, the, that's exactly what I've done. I, I've messed with the spa- with the time continuum. Yeah, I put it not in the, not in a linear. Order. Not saying I co-wrote this pilot, yeah. but <laughs> so it is, I'm just kidding. I took, I took this <laughs> I took this buddy of mine on, and he gave me his first stab at the dialogue. But it, it was uh, again the classic thing: showing versus telling. That classic writing 101, which I am trying to master. Mm-hmm. Uh, of you cannot, you just cannot. Just tell everything. When you come from an academic background, I think you often think you have to be extremely wordy, you know. And it's like, no, uh, yeah, you have to have good words. Uh, the economy of words is very important. If you have a mastery of the economy of words, that's a very helpful. Even skill. with com- comedy, like, oh, absolutely. I've, in absolutely. the last month, uh, I've tried to get better at really making hard cuts in my stand-up. Yeah, and like. You know, as like someone, here's my idea, and then here's my idea. Well, like, and like there's even or, little stuff that you know doesn't get a laugh, but you're like, ah, I like saying it. Yeah, oh, like yeah, it's absolutely. Not, but I've had, I've cut whole chunks of bits out where you're like, no, it's not. It hasn't gotten a laugh for a month. Just fucking get rid of it, and yeah. like take little pieces and like turn a two minute story into a forty second joke. Yep. yep. And then you're like, well. That's the you just got to accept, and that's where that's the essence of it. That's the kernel of the humor of it all. Well, and that's where the diligence of writing comes in because they're like, well, now I have to write more. I think a lot of times when people try and oh, I'm a storyteller and I, I work better doing God. long form, it's an excuse to not write. Yeah, to where yeah. you're like, no, if you edit if you edited most of this shit down, you'd realize that it's actually half the time, and you really need to write more material. God, dude, you're, you, what you're saying makes total sense to me. God, look at fucking Loretta Switch. She looks good there. Dude, MASH makes you want to go to war. BJ Honeycutt's <laughs> fucking got it. They all have Hawaiian shirts. They're not being... You would be court-martialed for not wearing your uniform. That's like a heavy violation. Well, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But, but, it's, but they're also doctors. So, but By the way, I guess the, the story of the cast members of this show, they're showing Gary Berghoff radar on MASH. Story he was is, an asshole. Look, so he, he can't see show his, his hand mangled hand because he's got a bat, that, that, that deformed hand. And, and he, I guess, total Napoleonic complex, total prick. And he plays such a sweet guy on air. But then, I guess the guy who's completely cool, the guy, the guy, Larry Linville, the guy who played Frank Burns, I guess off air was completely fun, like a totally fun. Oh, he was loving. an alcoholic too. Yeah, he, he was a big old drunk. The, I think he yeah. died of the fucking drink. Well, yeah. I well, I think he had sobered up, but I think he had like liver cancer. Like he really blew it up. You know. Also, Mash had like seven people play every fucking high commanding officer. They would come <laughs> in at like Harry Potter played t- eight different people. He played General Steele at first, <laughs> yeah. the guy who made the black guy dance. Yeah. Now yeah. come on, boy, it's in your blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he fucking Man. goes crazy at the end, they're on trial. God. Fucking Bl- Colonel Blake is on trial and General Steele's about to court-martial his bitch ass. Wow. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, and I don't even think they explain it throughout the episode. I think they just, you start realizing that he's an old, out-of-touch, crazy person. Wow. Yeah. And all of a sudden he goes, but before we get to the proceedings, a dance. And he calls the black <laughs> guy to the front and the guy goes, what? And he goes, well, you know what? A dance. And he goes, I don't dance. And he goes, well, it's in your blood, boy. Like like really revealing his racist, yeah. out-of-touch racism. And then he dances out of the tent. 
and everybody just kind of leaves and they're just like well that this hearing's not going to go forward obviously because <laughs> he's a lunatic yeah the, but the then whole... like eight, eight two years later he's harry po- i think that's how they got the actor to like oh this guy played that nut. yeah there he is this is like this is like early 80s mash when they were truly going through the motions like they were just we're getting a check or mash the last two or three years of this show were so fucking old hat god oh yeah they but, were just going through stuff oh no i've seen yeah this is the pool this is the tub episode yeah this is the one where they all have the tub and uh Radar orders it. First, they catch radar at the beginning of the episode. I'm like my fucking dad. I can name fucking mash episodes <laughs> yeah, just off very, the thing. This is very Caucasian. And this is another trope is catching Margaret naked. Oh, Every the, episode, there's a let's catch Margaret with her titties yeah, out yeah, scenario. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hot Lips yeah. Hulahan, baby. Yeah, it, They it, give him right the ice cream. Bang, yeah, dude, tubs. Rocky Road. Because you, oh, thanks. I want ice cream. Yeah, because Radar's 12 years old. And, and it's just like, no. He had his fucking teddy bear. I have a teddy bear, though, so I can't talk shit. It's also like, it, it, you know, he's, again, Larry Linville, much cooler. The end of every episode of MASH, too, whenever there was like a senior guy who came in from a different outfit, when he came in, like, well, I'll hand it. He's always walking over to a Jeep with like Colonel Potter. I'll hand it. You guys are unorthodox. But you get the job done. They're always like saying, like at the end of every epi- episode, you are a little bit crazy here, but you know something? You're all right in my book. Like it's, it's always yeah. like the general like has a. Also, has you can tell. I love how the character of Radar has two giant tubs of ice cream, and he's still genuinely kind of pissed off that he has to give people some <laughs> scoops. Like, were you really going to eat all this? <laughs> I thought it was mine, you Colonel. Stingy Iowan piece of shit. <laughs> he was from Otumwa. You know, but anyway, what a good trade off. Uh, but you're right. You had a good point, though, about working hard out here. And, and that is the one thing where it's like, you know, and working at my job, having to work hard. And also it just I think it's also the downs really hit you. Like you really feel like when things aren't going well, you feel like I'm a failure. It's it's <laughs> no, over. Think, you know, maybe, I, you know, I, I I tell you what, you know, it's what is a failure. You know, it's just have the experience. You know what I mean? I don't mean to be all hippies and out, but it's like, just have the experience and deal with it. Yeah, it sucks, but but in a way, you have to kind of embrace it. <laughs> you have to embrace that this is what it is. Otherwise, then you can go down the rabbit hole too quickly. So this script, uh, I am as I break the rules of LA etiquette, talk about it on the podcast. It's just put a, put put me. Uh, it's made me work. Dude, I guarantee you, some people have a podcast about the script they're writing. Oh, I'm sure. It's called the script I'm writing. <laughs> as self-indulgent as ours that has all four listeners <laughs> you know what we have we get 60 listens per episode consistently seriously yeah <clears throat> that ain't so bad you know something's perfectly hey, fine hey and you if know, you're out there you're 60 you're out there thank you and you know what i found people go back and like if you look at episodes from a month ago they have like 100 200 listens oh they go back and listen to them yeah, and stuff That's like good. people just like i found i feel like we come up in random searches like people will because i i put random hashtags in the episode so people will probably just i guarantee, just fishing like that do a cast keith so there are people who probably just search keywords what what are your what are the names you come up with what are they like hashtag whatever we dollar sign whatever we talk about or, so okay. I'll, I'll i'll hashtag mash okay. i always put tv entertainment podcast yeah. comedy yep stand that's up, the hook that's the little hook. topics we talk about soccer if we mention soccer it's I'll making put soccer. sense to me now keith Absolutely. so then like but when you do that shit like yeah. when i put soccer in it 
when people are listening to a soccer podcast, ours will come up and, hey, you might also like this. Okay. Because, like, it's... We talk about the Bundesliga a little bit. Every now and again. <laughs> Sometimes it's disingenuous because there are people who are, like, hashtag whores. We're, like... They'll hashtag every word in the description. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. like, if you search the word, it, we're like, you'll come up in anybody's. I've been listening to podcasts and it'll like, you might also like this. And it'll be like, this podcast has nothing to do with what I'm <laughs> listening to right now. It has the word the in and the And it's title, probably just because you know? they fucking put it out there. They, they fucking, they're hashtag whores. I just, I, I am so. Which is also probably a podcast. This week on hashtag whores. I mean. The way I'm being brought into the modern world, being dragged into it, is just so, like a lot of things in my life, not very graceful. It's not a very graceful entrance into this weird technology. Here's what I did on Saturday. I got a story. I went on Saturday. Went and saw Kyle Kinane at Good Heroin on Saturday That's night. That's a good show. Went to the, I hadn't been to the show in months. How, what's the books? What's the size? What's the layout of the bookstore? Well, it, it, you're in the back. The, you're actually in the, in the. It's like a back room. No, it's not even a room. It's actually like an outdoor kind of patio lounge okay. area that they bring temporary seats up. Boy, they got that that process down. They break it's that a room big show. down. They break it down in like ten to fifteen minutes. Well, it's, it's one of the down. big shows too. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely. A How big many people were there? Like fifty. Oh no, there were probably over a hundred people there. I mean, and they're, they're spilling out into the alleyway. Like it's got a real buzz to it it's definitely a hot show and he was headlining and i knew he was going to be there so i went there and he was like he and his girlfriend we hung out for the next six hours we got completely hammered where'd you go <laughs> we went to the, there's a good bar right down sunset right there that i've been to once before with becky garcia like back in may or something you know where when i sat down <laughs> when i sat down at the bar there was a woman in a wheelchair that i sat down next to and i just worked out that day and i was like i literally sat down i was like I, I said that she has no feet. This one has no feet. Okay. And, and I'm like, I said, do you have any idea how tired my legs are? Right Kyle Kane's girlfriend has no feet. No, 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 not that. I'm the other time I went back in May, I did this. No, not, not this past time. Kyle Kane's girlfriend worked with Kyle. She's, yeah, she's not physically deformed in any way. Yeah. I'm saying this, when I, the same bar that I went to on Saturday, I went there in May, and I met this woman there in May who was in a wheelchair, and I was bitching about my legs hurting from working out. And, I, and she burst into laughter. She thought it was hilarious. And I was, and I was like, I, I was like, yeah, you know, I was telling that. I was halfway through the story. I was like, why am I saying this? This woman has no feet. And she thought it was hilarious. But, but the fact That's that great. I bitch about that. Anyway, but it's the same bar. It's right down the street, like a block down. I wish I fucking knew the name. It's an old, like, restaurant, but it also has, like, a uh, kind of a, uh, like, a lounge, like a lounge area, but, like, a dance floor area. So it's got a cool, like, bar. That's really cool. I, I loved it. It's inexpensive. Not that expensive, which is like, it's fucking rare out here, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know. One thing I love, I have to say. So off air, we were talking about an unnamed friend of Crocius's that was like out of nowhere talking about how cheap he was. And Crocius was like, I'm hurt by this. And then just now. He's like, great bar, really cheap. Well, yeah, man, it's good prices. <laughs> well, you gotta be thoughtful about this crap. Uh, I, I learned, how to, I know how to open up the purse strings. Yeah, no one's gonna tell me I don't know how to open no. up the purse strings. You, but hey, you do it selectively. You've you know what I mean? Dinner. Of course, I have. You know, because I know you've. You know, and that's cool. You know, because you have to hang out with me. No, but with. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, this bar. We hung out there. I had a couple drinks there. And Kanae was great, man. It was hilarious. We were just bullshitting about old memory. It, I tell you what, it was cool. It was a good time. He can put him back, dude. Oh, yes. And he was like, you're 50 years old. Look at me. I'm 43. I look like shit compared to you. 
He does, man. <laughs> you know, but he was like, but he also said moving here saved his life because he said he was smoking about two packs a day when he moved here like in his 20s. And they hadn't made it illegal in Chicago bars yet, so he moved here probably in 03, 04. Well, he, he basically had to curb and quit his smoking, you know, and, and also drinking. The fact that there aren't 4 a.m. bars out here, it cut down on his drinking a lot, like the real late He also hated pounding. winter. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as, you know, look, look, look at Quinn of- Snyder, the coach of the Nuggets. I remember him being like, the, the, he was one of the first, like, annoying white guards Watching of Duke. Nuggets you jazz know? Yeah. here. But, yeah, he was one of the first annoying white guards of, like, oh, you know, Ed, uh, Billy McCaffrey, Chris Collins, you know, that guy, uh, what, what was the guy from Florida a couple years ago when they won a championship? White guy, Grayson, Billy May Donovan? Grayson or something. Billy or Donovan. Grayson Allen. They, okay. have, they, they always had the asshole white guard. Quinn Snyder was one of the very first ones in the early 90s. I, hate, I, I knew I didn't like Duke when they had Quinn Snyder, who now is the coach Well, of and the famous one's Christian Leitner. Of course, that team was legendary. I was in college. I was like, that was the height of my collegiate experience. But anyway. Who was the big, dumb white guy that the Vancouver Grizzlies drafted? Big the- Country Reeves. Yeah. He went to Oklahoma State. They went to the Final Four in 95. What a bust he turned well, out I to mean, be. He was. I think he had like a 10 or 12-year career. He was like Ooster yeah, he tag. Played for a while. Because he was fucking- I think he played with the Grizzlies until they moved to Memphis. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, they traded him. I mean, he, you know, he's 330 pounds and he can move a little bit. It's, yeah. like, it's rare to find a human being who can do that, you know? So I mean, he was just a body. You know, he ain't gonna be in the hall or anything. But the point is, I um, I uh, I was uh, oh, but this bar was uh, it was fun. And then we were leaving, and we kept trying to leave. But there was a party going on in this dance floor area that we all went over and crashed. And we were there for like a while, like dancing around us and requesting '80s New Order songs and shit. And like they had a light show. Go- I mean, and people, I think people were definitely on drugs. There was definitely a drug vibe going. This on is a popper town, you know. And so, and it was. I was dancing with this people woman, and she the, was getting handsy. Them. It was fun. People do them gay drugs out here, Crocious. Yeah, they like they like pills out here and shit. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely a different. It ain't the as booze heavy as although Chicago definitely has a drug scene too. You can find that no problem, but it's definitely a booze first city. But it was fun. I had a great time hanging out with Canaan. He, he Meth is big out here. Oh God, yeah. It's the only time I've ever done it was out here. I love how I just brought the energy down to like you know? a meth problem. <laughs> meth is big out here. Homelessness. <laughs> but yeah, it, but you have to work. I mean, you have to work at it. At the same time for me, Keith, and I've said, told this to you before, uh, there are certain time frames I have. That's kind of the way I operate, where I have to motivate myself even more, saying I have to have achieved something yeah. by, by year two. Or, and, and that can be, here's what I'm trying to achieve. I want to get representation at a minimum. Yeah, me too. With, 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 my, with my script. That's what I want to do. And I think I have enough connections. If I write something well enough, that can actually happen. Do you know what I, else I think should it's be an achievement goal. on that list? What? A smile on your face. <laughs> Thank you. But I, I feel like I feel like now is a time I think content is very necessary. I think writing is a good it's it's good good time to be a writer in this city. I wanna start booking shows so I could start putting videos on my YouTube. And I wanna get a camera for this so I could put and make this a video. Because I guarantee you people would people love video podcasts. It's so stupid. <laughs> That think that like, but people do it. They put shit on YouTube on their TV, and then they just clean their house or some shit. Yeah, it's good. Like you have background sound and stuff. You know. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah, some, do you do like twenty minutes of work on something? Someone's you know? listening to the Bill Simmons podcast about basketball, and underneath it, it says you might also like this because at one point they watched the Nuggets Jazz. 
and then they'll they'll try it for 20 minutes but it counts as a play so i uh good way to break it down what the hell there's got to be some logic to this but but i I know with um uh so with me again script wise i have this writing partner of mine he gave me a, a chunk of dialogue it's Again, probably telling, not enough showing, but I appreciate him doing the effort because it's an important point in the script and he was willing to take it on, which I kind of like. If you ever need help, I'll help you. Because I I tell you what, I mean, yeah, let's, I'm trying to get this iteration done, you know? Yeah, you want to give whoever is going to help you, like, tag it up. You want to have a full, complete. Yeah, I've got to have, like, it's got to be, it's got to be a little tighter than, it's, it's getting there. It's still getting there. I feel like it, I feel like there's progress. Well, you also want to be familiar enough with it to whoever you get to help you tighten it up, where you could say like, "No, that doesn't fit the vibe." Exactly. Like you want to you yeah, want yeah. to know some spine or some integrity yeah. to it too. With, you, with still being flexible of listening too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I think you can do. You know, it's not impossible. But you know, you're absolutely right. It has to be defined pretty well. Ooh, look, she flashed them. Look how fucking good this hoodie looks on them today. It, 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 uh, <laughs> it, it has to be defined, I think, pretty well. And you have to be able to defend it pretty well. That's what pitching the script is, right? You basically have to go in for 15 minutes and defend it and say what it is. Look at this shit. We and, got two Transformers and, movies on two different channels. And, and that is the reason why I, I brought this guy on, too, because he has... Uh, a lot more experience in the industry than me. He's also an attorney, and he would be a good guy to have at the table, you know, because he's uh, pretty bright. He's, he's just, <laughs> I like what? what? <laughs> That's a show in itself about how you fucking hired this guy to write a show because, like, look, he's an attorney. He's going to be a good guy to have at the table. Well, listen, he, he's one of my. Be- I've known the guy for twenty-seven years. I mean, he, we're like fa- he's he's like a father figure to me in certain ways, and he's a total old school leftist, and he and he's getting excited by this. Well, he knows about the profession aspect Absolutely. of it too. Where if oh, to you the need, core. it's like how in a technical assistance, it's like how, he understands it. It's like how in Big Bang Theory they have scientists on the writing staff. Like, yeah. Exactly. I mean, this guy is going to know like and he's got just he's got a wealth of stories. His stories are unbelievable. I mean, they're just he's got so many that it's like, but you have to, you know, he's not a writer, you know, so it's like you have to. How do you harness that? You know, I mean, he can write. I mean, obviously, he's a he's a legal brief guy. He's written papers and he's a PhD. I mean, he's, the intelligence is there and the education is there. But it's a different thing when you're writing for TV and stuff. It, it has to be kind of I think the economy of words are, are important. Oh, yeah. You know, I so have the it, Kings Clippers on right now and the Clippers uniform or the Kings uniform say Sacktown. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't say Bagville. Bag, yeah. bag is my go to. The Los Angeles Clippers have wearing alternate jerseys that it looks like the Crips fucking spray painted a logo on their shirts. God. Yeah. The, some of these NBA uniforms are just like, God, I, you know, that's, that's one of well, the reasons now that why we have the NBA on, we could, we're really, it's nice that we fucking, we went 30 minutes before mentioning the big news. Well, yeah. Yeah. Kobe exactly. Bryant died. I know. Yeah. That was, I mean, you know, interesting. This city is like, dude, it shut down. Not yeah. shut down. It didn't shut down, shut down, but for a day it did. Oh, when I came into work on Monday, people were down. People were down. They were. You know what? L.A. had a better relationship with Kobe than even Chicago did with Jordan. I don't know about that. Well, I feel like it's in that it's in that category. Jordan never. It's in that. Jordan. Yeah. Jordan didn't embrace Chicago like Kobe did L.A. 
He always said like North Carolina's my home when he left basketball. Yeah. He fucking yeah, He still has a couple homes in Chicago though. I mean, oh no, for sure. Yeah, his, He's got his, assets. His business connections are in Chicago. But again, Chicago you know? was just business to him. It was a job. Oh, yeah. He never uh his kids went to school here, but it was just cuz he they went to school while he played here. Right. Here um, we're in LA. Yeah. Or Chicago, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But but yeah, your theory about L.A. embracing Brian. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's truth in that. And I mean, you, he, on, on the on the buses, you know, I saw Rip R.I.P. Kobe. Yeah, but that that was on the buses. Because over the years, I just think Chicago's uh, idolization of him kind of soured over the years. When he at first the uh, first chink in the armor, I disagree. Was when He's, he came out and played for the Wizards. And yeah. then when he didn't, when he actively refused to go into ownership or front office for the Bulls, for the Bulls, people ended up being happy about that because he's not good well, at being he, a general manager. I, I think working with him would be difficult. I think he'd be a difficult human being to work with. I think I think Michael Jordan would be tough to work with because I don't think because he owned the Wizards, he got into ownership with the Wizards, and then he couldn't stand the fact that the product was bad. So I think he personally took a front to him and said, "I'm going to go down there and teach these guys how to play as a 39 and 40 year old yeah. Jordan." You know, I think that because he could not be associated with the loser, I think he'd be a difficult human being. That, that that's one of the rumors with Kwame Brown. Remember they drafted Kwame Brown first overall, like in 2000 or in 01. Is I guess he just rode Kwame Brown in practice. I mean fucking rode him basically because you're the number one pick you have to turn into something and, and i think all, what with the rumor i heard too i don't know if this is substantiated or not is that kwame brown was gay and he fucking went after him on that front that there's a rumor that he called him a faggot and stuff like that i guess see you know? also the stuff like that and i have no way of proving that this is a total stuff rumor. like that no but i'm saying even stuff like that started getting leaked out about just in general that Jordan's not that great of a guy. Yeah. Like not, I'm not even saying that like we don't love Michael Jordan anymore, but more basically what I'm saying is, is all Kobe did was rape a bitch. Well, you Jordan know, did. Jordan yeah. got his dad killed because of gambling well, I don't debts. Know if his dad got killed I for that reason. It, I, I mean, think it was a thing. Th- th- this is your Epstein conspiracy. Uh, you don't, Jordan's a dick for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Jor- Jordan is a dick, you know. And, but the fact is, I don't think anyone gets that level of greatness without having a real fucking strong will and a real strong personality. And you're going to rub some people the wrong killer way instinct, yeah. And too fucking bad, you know. This is what I'm trying to do because I want to achieve this. Are you with me or not? You know, so it's very Trump-like, you know, so it's like, I mean, I think with Kobe, just looking at the way he's been portrayed, I, I thought, yeah, his, the rape accusation and that, and that happening. Yeah. I, I think that was a, I think that was a pivot point where I think he took that to heart and, and, you know, became a family man afterwards. And I think deserves well, some personally, credit for that. But also someone said that's when he, he smartly embraced that he would, he realized that he would never be the universally loved athlete again. And that's when that Mamba mentality started again or started up and that's when he they theorized like he focused even more on basketball on winning and, on and winning, like he yeah. was like I'm not I'm not going to worry about being this likable superstar. Yeah. I'm I'm here to win fucking championships and that's when the two without Shaq came. Well, I was going to say didn't I mean the rumor I had always heard and I, I obviously not brought this up. I haven't said this to anyone because especially at my job, a project assistant of mine was genuinely upset about. It. They went down the, I only worked two blocks in the Staples Center. And people went down there, like my boss at work. Hey, should we go to the Grammys? Were the night he his and yeah. and, it, and it also makes it doubly sad that his girl died. His daughter oh, died with him. That's fucking also, tragic, man. And this is like Jesus. a uh, a uh, 
trivial little thing to throw in, but she was going to be the girl version of Kobe, but better. <laughs> like Kobe told someone, someone told a Kobe story and he was talking about having all girls. And he said, I like, Oh, my middle girl's a beast. Like yeah. he said, she's better than me. Yeah. yeah. Than I was at that age. Yeah. Yeah. I guess she was like a hundred percent from the free throw line like for life oh, and there's, there's video of her running up and down the court in heels like nailing layups and shit yeah like yeah. she was gonna be a star yeah oh and, and then there was two other 13 year olds died in it too it's just like you know i mean it, your life has that, that that's this i mean it's obviously all of it's saddle there's nothing good about it obviously but it's just like that's those are those hindsight are things people, that freak man. you out though like when watching kobe play like if you could go in a time machine and rewatch those games to know that like yeah in 12 years he's going to be dead like that would freak you out yeah like if you had that knowledge ahead of time like yeah kobe bryant was just one of those dudes that you're like oh he's going to be like bill russell just an old dude that would sit yeah that yeah. like the it's nba fade away. all yeah. 250 team yeah. like in yeah. 2065 like yeah, yeah. yeah kobe's going to be there for that yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, he's going to age well, you know, and so I, 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 you know, just, you know, seeing the side and how he's been portrayed. I mean, I think he definitely tried to, I think he tried to be a good family man after that too. Colorado coming in at number 20, huh? You know, here's another thing too, is, I mean, you know, I I guess he had a strained relationship with his parents. Listen, you you don't get to that point without being (laughs) motivated by some things and, and things that aren't always positive. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, it is the whole story. It is the textured story. So it's fucking sad. I mean, because I think he really was, you know, had, you know, be, really embraced the family thing. He had four kids. You know, it's like, and I think they, yeah. they were trying to, you know, be a happy, good family. You know, it's like, uh, that's sad, you know. So, yeah, no, it was a big yeah. deal. I, also, I didn't go, on I didn't the front my, of him having a bad relationship with his family, as Don Imus would say, what color is he? Oh, God. Would he say that? There's clips of him being pretty racist about God. people. Like there's uh well didn't I, he get fired didn't he finally get fired for calling out the all the women of the of the, the Rutgers whole thing yeah it's like wow and then man, and then years rough. later they brought him back on the air and he eventually legit retired um but there's footage at, like Stern played footage of him calling fucking Robin a jungle bunny on the oh, air man or like a fucking man some sort of racial slur some sort of like old 50s racial slur but God, still bad like picking any or something yeah like that. Jesus and Christ. then like there's like clips Evan Meekham the governor of Arizona in the 80s of them talking about a baseball player having like oh he was in a nightclub with gang members and he's just like well let me ask you a question what color is he? <laughs> and the guy's God. like, well, he's a black guy. And he goes, there you go. Oh, God. There you go. God. Man. You know, well, yeah, there you it's, go. it's just like, you know, I guess, what are you hoping to achieve by saying that, Don Imus? What are you hoping to achieve? You know, here's the fact. Here's the, here's the fact. Any thinking black person, they know there's issues. Like, they know there's problems. Well, yeah, those and, are and, and the good pointing ones. it out and like, and, and needling someone over that is not helping anything. You're not helping the discussion when this you point that like out. looks like the lead poltergeist. You know, it's just like... <laughs> 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 wait, wait, not Joe Beth. <laughs> no, Poltergeist 2. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like old Jack. Henry if Jack McBrayer was, was female, <laughs> you know, and like 40 years older. That's why I saw Jack McBrayer look like the priest on, in pre- Poltergeist 2. Was Jack McBrayer's. Yeah. He let me in. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I saw that movie. The movie scared the living day Christ out of me I, as a kid. And I, it's the worst poltergeist. Oh, it's so bad. 
It's so I was looking outside for, of him. The movie's not scary. When I was when I, when I saw that movie, you have to understand. When I saw Poltergeist when I was 13 years old, I saw it four times in the theater. That's how into Poltergeist I was. In Poltergeist I, 1, you see the outline of his hat. You know at the end of the movie when you see the yes. spirits? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You see the outline of his little top hat. Yeah, exactly. He's the leader of it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Poltergeist was a good horror movie, I think. You think it's in Poltergeist, the first Poltergeist? Oh, it's, good, it's pretty great. It's pretty good, pretty good horror movie, would you say? That's also, like I said, three or four episodes ago, but that was another one where I liked it. But it still didn't freak me out because, like, the kind of like the height of the scariness of that movie is like, oh, they rearranged the kitchen, no. <laughs> like stuff, uh, the little like we're here, that's creepy. But like, yeah. I always did kind of get disappointed that you don't actually see the ghosts until well, the end. You well, see, how about like when the guy's ripping tiny... his face off and there's a lot of grossness? Yeah, in it, there is that. The, oh no, the, that's the, even the, part the two. The bodies that floating up from the uh, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty end. scary scene, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then the at the end, like the tree coming alive and coming into his coming out of bedroom, the ground, coming into his bedroom. The, the kid, like, that's, that's, that, that was the first scary scene when when like the uh, when the tree came alive and was going to eat the kid. <laughs> Remember that? And, and, but my point is, then I saw Poltergeist two, and I I was looking forward to Poltergeist two. I was seventeen years old. Was it probably a highly anticipated yeah, sequel? Yeah, I was. A, I remember seeing that with my with with my stepfather and just being like, I mean, being crestfallen. <laughs> like it had to have done okay I mean, though, because they made a third one. Well, of course it made enough money, you know. I mean, I mean, because Poltergeist was a phenomenon. I mean, now in two, the older sister had died already. I right? think she had been choked out, like like nineteen seventeen. Oh yeah, she she, let, she kicked out. off the curse. Well, yeah, she was, uh, and that was Griffin Dunn's sister. Griffin Dunn is an American werewolf in London. He's the guy who gets killed by the It's werewolf. also uh, Dominic Dunn's daughter, and yeah. he kicked off a fucking career off the back of it. I think uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite's movie World's Greatest Dad is kind of a play of situations like that where... Uh, like how fucking Walsh, the America's Most Wanted guy, like these dudes who create careers off the back of a personal tragedy. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. World's Greatest Dad is about a Robin Williams plays a guy whose son dies of autoerotic asphyxiation, and he's embarrassed about it. So he, the dad who's like a failed writer, writes a suicide note as the kid, saying like, "This is why I did it," and he like hides that it was from, and the suicide note goes viral. It becomes like this popular fucking wow. note. So he like he has to invest in the lie then and maintain and it. also try and he also is trying to like like tell people he take credit for how good the note was while also having to like be sad, be sad and yeah. uh, and maintain the lie that his son wrote it. God. So it's called the world's greatest dad. Oh, man. That's a rough plot line. Yeah, but, but, but that's that makes like sense. A, so yeah, yeah. There's other people who've done that. Dominic yeah. Dunn wasn't a writer before his daughter died. He was really? just some fucking dude, and then he became a crime writer because he 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 fucking became obsessed with his daughter's murder. Well, you know that that was well. I'm sure. I mean, and that would make sense. That would be a pivot point in your life. Couldn't you see being like Nancy Fuck it, Grace? I'm do this. I think became an attorney because her her boyfriend died or something like that in some like bad circumstances yeah. or something or. Yeah, it, which it is, is also probably why she's was horrible at her job. But but the whole like with with Poltergeist, yeah, she got she got choked out, and then I mean, and then the the kid, the blonde kid, died, and then who else died? Henry Kane, Julian, whatever the fuck his name was. He was old ish, but he also died. He's part of it. It's only like four or five people, but it happened within like eight years. 
Yeah, I remember it was, it was like back to back to. It was kind of like different strokes, like problems. What do you get? You know what I mean? Oh, he's gonna piss. Uh, I could just pause it. Look at him just fucking. He's so defiant, isn't he? We're back. Yep. Keith Pazel's podcast. We took a little piss break. Something we're probably going to do every episode. That's, you, you that's didn't Chuck he- Long behind him. Chuck Long. Wow. I love how you were like, let's turn this away. And then you're starting to commentate on it immediately. <laughs> that's, that's, that's politics, though. Yeah, I, you know I what can't. disgusts me is Biden's going to win. Like everybody is yeah. romantically in love with Bernie and Elizabeth, and I am too. Those are my guys. Of course, but Biden's gonna win. Yeah, no, it's it, gonna it, be two stodgy old white dudes. They're gonna both be craving to say the n word on stage. Listen, listen. Uh, I don't think Biden can beat Trump though. Uh, he can. He, Trump he, can fool Biden because Biden's an idiot too. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, talking I mean, about young boys touching <laughs> your leg hair. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Maybe he can, you know, but but it uh, I, I think it's the only guy that Trump truly fears also because you want to know why Biden doesn't give a shit either. You see, that's the reason why it doesn't really work on, on Biden because he doesn't really give a shit either. And that's part of the reason why the appeal of Trump to a lot of people is he has that facade like, hey, I don't give a shit. But he's actually hyper thin skinned, I think, and extremely worried about how he's being perceived. And, and so when he goes on the attack, I don't think Biden gives a shit. And if he fucks up, we'll say, so what? You know, I made a mistake. I'm human. You know? Klobuchar really kicked it in the ass these last few weeks, too. She tried to up it. I, re- I haven't paid much attention. Well, the attention. New York Times endorsed her and Warren, which is big, I guess. Wow. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> They're the paper of wrecking. You know. <laughs> My girl's in that I'm building sorry. right now. We're watching the, the KCAL 9 News. God, that Asian woman is very pretty. Um, yeah. God, they have some pretty women on this. <clears throat> you got it. It's a visual medium. Yeah, especially out Crocious. here, man. You got to look good. It's a visual medium. <laughs> you I better need. look good. It's a visu- you better be good. <laughs> it's a visual medium, dear. I need you to stand up and twirl for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, what a fucking crazy experience. But the whole, uh, my whole thing with, uh, uh, with being out here, man, just and, and living on the year anniversary. I've been reflecting yeah. back on certain moments, and I was talking to you. You should, also another fucking. Would you think that after a year of you living here, outside of show business shit like i'm gonna achieve this this and this oh yeah and then kobe bryant's gonna be dead yeah you know well yeah i mean i, I you know i mean no <laughs> fucking kobe <laughs> obviously dude. but but my point is is uh i had this lunch this dinner with a buddy of mine it kind of inspired me to write this script it was encouraging you know and he was uh he was just saying hey listen how many happy people do you really know in show business? I mean, he was very honest with me. Dude, Sean White was <laughs> hammered outside of I, I hung out with Cameron Ford a week ago. Yeah. Uh, he did a show. He was out here from Chico. Oh, yeah. Um, And Sean was basically saying, like, you have to sacrifice, not overall, but I think his general point was you have to sacrifice happiness to be successful <laughs> in show business. He's not wrong. It's hilarious that <laughs> but, but yet the the illusion that this is what's going to make you happy. <laughs> you know? I think eventually it will, but getting there. Getting there is work. Is not. It's work. It's but just, even there, man, even there. Because you just got to put aside so much of your personal life. You have to be with somebody who's okay with not 
yeah. is okay with the the like abandoned shit. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, you know, Kanane is his girlfriend. I think they bought a house together up on Beechwood. And I believe, I mean, I think she works for Comedy Central. So Name she thrown out in L.A. Yeah. streets, man. A <laughs> little, yeah. little bit of DeLong prey in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is what happened. So, you know, I think that, you know, she's in the business. So she about Willoughby and Fairfax. He also, he can do things truly on his own terms now, too. I mean, he can really dictate, okay, okay I can go out and sell out 13 theaters in a two-month time period. I'm going to go out and make... You know, eighty grand or whatever the hell. I'm make, how's you know? your stomach? This is my girl right here. Oh, this is Doctor Pimple Popper. Oh, that's horrific. First of all, she's gorgeous. Look at her. She is pretty. She talks like a sex robot too. Uh, uh, oh, they're, they're taking the fat it. out. No, it's 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 giant cysts and fucking. Oh, gross. I don't want to watch this, man. Come on, dude. <laughs> In the second half of the show, you're gonna put me to sleep, man. I'm gonna go down. I might vomit too. Who the Do you hell have knows? a weak stomach? I asked no, how your stomach. No, no was. I mean I can deal with it, but I don't want to deal with it. I don't I mean I don't like I want to see it. You know, I can. Do deal you know how with some it. people have weird feeling? Like, do you know what ASMR is? What is that? ASMR is people make YouTube videos of like sounds. They'll talk. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll like shake a fucking thing of rice. It's just like little gentle noises that like it gives people a tingly feeling. Like it's like a new age thing, you know? It's Or like I think there's always been like things that make people feel like not it doesn't turn you on, but like it gives you a little like ooh, like little tingles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hear that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I know well there's one like some people who have a weird thing with holes. Like you know how che- like how Swiss cheese has holes in it. Yeah. Like there's people that look at holes and it gives them like a weird sensation. God. But ASMR is based on that. Like Jesus. these people get like a weird. There's a, there's a name for it. These people feel well. God. ASMR also stands for something. What the fuck is this culture turned into? Everything's got an ailment, and everyone's got a. Pr- and I get but, it. But you know, <laughs> watching shit get popped. There's also a cl- group of people called poppers who they watch. It does that for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I truly enjoy watching people's cysts and zits. There are some I don't like. Man. Like, there are some people who come <laughs> this in. This is a reveal, Keith. Well, there are some <laughs> people who come in and they have things inside of them that aren't, like, <sighs> they don't pop. She just has to remove things <sighs> from people. And those, I'm kind of like, all right, this is boring. But other than it's that, all, dude. It, it, again, it's like most cultures don't have to deal with this. This is all related to obesity and shit. You know, it's just like. Well, they're not is, all fat. It's but, just but, like. But yeah. And I know some people have health problems. My one like, thing is how did you let it get this big? How did you not just stick a pencil in this years ago? Yeah. But, you know, I, I think some people are just out of touch with their body and they're afraid of it probably, too. You know, and don't want to you know, pay attention. Yeah. They to think it. it's cancer. So they don't even fucking check on it. I'll yeah. just fucking die. It's just like, you know, I, I don't know. I. I I want to check that crap out. You know what I mean? Like you got to, you got to keep well, you the got insurance. You, you got to keep the the chassis in shape. You know, I do it for preventative reasons. What the fuck man. is this? Lone Star Law uncuffed. <laughs> this is a Texas show. Animal Planet. You know, I tell you what, Texas, which I used to not like, and I still don't like it. It's it's grown on me a little bit. I don't I don't dislike it as much. So I think these are like animal cops. A fisherman is caught without a license. <laughs> Oh, uh, a Texas woman has served an arrest warrant. A fisherman is caught without a license. A manhunt ensues when a suspect runs a constable, a, an attorney, off the road. But anyway, it. Uh, but y- you have to. You have to put the time into it. You know, uh, like we are right now. <laughs> hey, but, but I uh, with with my script, I, I just want to get this. Thing. <laughs> Going back to me. 
you know, um, whatever. I have certain goals with it. That's all. But I have to do within a certain amount of time, Keith. Ooh, bad boys. I have to do within a certain amount of time. I have to get enough of a signal to do within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Here's one thing I like asking you, going back to, like, the monument. Like, so in 96, I was nine when Kobe Bryant's rookie year happened. Yeah. What was Adam Crocious doing when Kobe Bryant enters the NBA? It's full circle. I, I, I was living in L.A. No shit. I was living in L.A. In so you remember when they drafted oh, him? Absolutely. Like, remember were they, people pumped? Like, fuck yeah. Well, you know, they didn't originally. They traded, they traded for, for him. They traded Vladi Divac, who was, got, was a pretty tra- popular the Charlotte player. Charlotte Hornets drafted Kobe Bryant. Yeah, and they traded because they were like, okay, we're going to. This guy is a, supposed to be a phenom, you know? And it's like, I remember his first year, they lost to the Jazz. Well, they the didn't have Shaq round. yet. Right. No, no. I think they had maybe just gotten Shaq because I think I was here for I was here for '97. Shaq was Kurt Rambis the fucking coach. Oh god, <sighs> that's a good question. I really don't know. Magic came back for a brief like stint for like 13 games. <laughs> I mean, th- they weren't uh, they weren't very. Nick Van Exel, I think played. I for had them a Nick too. Van Exel jersey, dude. He you was know? my guy. And they, uh, you know, they and, and took they the Nuggets to the playoffs and got himself paid. Th- they because they weren't good, you know, and like. I remember they got swept by the Jazz in the first round of the playoffs. I remember watching some of those games, and they and they they gave the ball to Kobe in the playoffs, and he was throwing up a bunch of air balls and stuff. And they were just like, "Well, why are you doing that?" And he was like, "And they were just like, because this guy's our best athlete, and he's he's got to get hot." Like this is like he was nineteen years old, <laughs> and I mean I think he maybe averaged six to eight points a game, but that was at the end of his rookie year. I'm sure he improved because your body's young and it's like, oh, I can do this, and I've grown now. Yeah. And the, the brain has evolved in a certain I direction. I think the next year, I think his second year, they got Shaq, and then and then like his third year, then he started to get good. Then it started to get good. I think they got know? Glenn Rice at some point too, and that was like Glenn Rice. and that was like some weird. He's one of those. That's one of those players like fucking. Uh, Ron Harper or like one of those not high profile names, but it's like when we got Glenn Rice, that's when we got a, when we became a championship team. Glenn Rice, like when was you get a, when you get a good player that could take the pressure off of Shaq and yeah, Kobe. Yeah, that like yeah, you have to. Well, they they got Phil. Jackson. You kind of have. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they got Phil Jackson, and then they they had a lot of those Bulls retreads that you had, like Ron Harper. <laughs> yeah, Ron Harper played on that team, and then they also had a there were a couple other Bulls guys that played on the team too. I can't think of who it was off the top. Man, they had like three X Bulls. Kerr, they, I think. Uh, did Kerr play for the? I think he might have actually played for the Spurs. I know that. Um, <laughs> Luke Longley played he, he for the Suns. <laughs> Afterwards, yeah, they got spread out to the league. It's hilarious. Oh, they, they there's a great YouTube video of how quickly they blew up that team in '98. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, Kraus wanted to prove that he could build another title team. Because <laughs> his big gripe He's was his big fucking complex was that he built the sixth championship team and like that like the front off his it was basically the reversal where he was like front office wins championships not players so his sure. big thing of like yeah. he probably could have signed jordan and they could have made another quick run and won maybe one or two more titles but he wanted to just blow it up and be like, you know what? I could start. Sc- I'll, I'm going to show these people. Ooh, I could start from scratch. They were bad. You know for what a though? While. They were bad for a while. But if you, he never gave his rebuilds time. And if you look at the players he drafted, yeah, yeah, he could have had Tyson Chandler and Elton stuff. Brand, yeah, uh, Artest, yeah, 
fucking uh, Jay Williams if he doesn't get in the Mangler's motorcycle knee. accident. I know. He was great. Like, Jay, there's, Jay, Jay six, Williams was great. there's five or six players he drafted player. where you're like, that's your future core right there. Oh, I know. There. Yeah, no, yeah, there was some talent. Tyson Chandler still plays. He still plays in the league. Yeah. He's played for like 19 years or something. You know I mean? It's like, because he was like 19 or he was young. Didn't they also have Eddie Curry? Yep, Curry. <laughs> Curry was a pretty good player. I saw a guy, someone played the Supersonics when Curry was like in his second year. And Curry was like six for six from the field. And, also, and we were they, leaving. And, and like, and I mean, he, he played like 12 minutes. We were leaving with CJ. CJ was like, why is Eddie Curry not playing more? It's like, and he was totally right. It's like he had this amazing game, and they played him like 12 minutes. Like, what are you doing? 18 minutes? He was six for six in the field. Had a total good defensive presence. Also in the mid-2000s, after the uh, Pistons beat the Lakers when they blew up that team and Shaq left, Yeah, the Bulls could have traded for Kobe Bryant, but they didn't want to part with Ben Gordon. <sighs> God. They literally could have had Kobe Bryant for the last 10 years of his career. God. Well, I mean, I, was that after the rape ac- accusation? Was he, yeah, and also... Was that? I mean, I, I don't know. It timing was. Wise. It was. Ooh, and also... So the Lakers were shopping him, maybe. Uh-oh. Also, Uh-oh. Kobe was a freak in that once an NBA player, even with Jordan, like when yeah. you get to your 10-year mark... People start kind of looking at like, all right, you're going to start declining. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's rare. I always say 12 years is kind of average for the NBA. For a good for, for a good, a player. good player. For a good player, absolutely. Like it's Kobe Bryant played, played six years in the league. He played, Kobe Bryant played 19 seasons. Yeah. What I'm saying is I don't think the Lakers or the Bulls anticipated that he had another 10 seasons in him. Yeah. I think the Bulls were honestly looking at like. Gordon do, will be there for five, ten more. Or do we want to trade five to ten years of ben gordon for three God. of kobe bryant uh, the answer is yes yes <laughs> there had to be other reasons man i mean or it couldn't have been that serious maybe it was just put out there as like a rumor just to see what would happen because i can't imagine even with what he was going through with his legal issues that guy was a fucking talent i mean that is a rare talent you know I mean, kobe bryant was a rare talent you know i mean he was a fucking star obviously you know but you know, he also worked We're starting his ass to get off. into the heat of college basketball too. Oh god, there's the the shit's yeah. starting to shape up. What's Wisconsin looking like? Terrible. They're terrible. They're, they are so. Is bad. it like a rebuild year, or is it shockingly? No, are they shockingly bad? It, they're they're bad. I mean, they're twelve and nine in the conference. They lost this week to Iowa, and they were up in the second half by twelve points with eight minutes left, and lost by six points. They got outscored by eighteen points the last eight minutes of the game. That's I love being a female college basketball player, bro. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of sturdy gals running around. That's out true. There. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, they're tough gals. <laughs> gals. I like a bitch that can post you up. What can I say? But yeah, so I'm my girl knows to, how to set a pick. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to uh, get this thing done. This you know, actually soon. I want to try to get the. I want. Uh, here's what I want to do. My next step. If we can end on this, my next step is I want to give it to people I gave the first iteration to, like three or four months ago. I'll make it just, last three minutes, so j- we j- can at j- least go on. Just an hour. to see, just to see if, um, just to see if, uh, uh, if it's improved. You know, just to see if it's actually improved, you know, because they, they'll be able to tell because they, they read the er, the first version, you know. So I, I want to get their feedback, you know. Yeah. Also, we have some uh, things on the horizon I want to lay out there. Yeah. We're going to do an Oscar podcast that's going to be extra long. So maybe that's why we only go an hour this time because we're <laughs> prepping. We're leaving energy for that episode. 
We're looking at a three-hour-plus podcast, oh, so gear up, guys. And we're going to have definite uh, break marks so you could listen to it in chunks. It's not like you have to yeah. sit there for three hours. I'm going to make it fun. I'm we're gonna, parsing it out I'm going to write audience. some segments, uh, but this is the year of really fleshing out what this is. Um, yeah. Yeah. More breaks. Yeah, exactly. That's I, what I, I love. I, what I've realized overall is what makes the podcast better taking the month off in january yeah taking 15 minutes during the episode like <laughs> taking a break <laughs> well you know it's a good thing yeah i, I mean i i i'm not trying to, I, I was kind of shutting it down there i apologize I was getting a little anxious there I oh guess. no you're but fine just, do you want to keep going or do you want to maybe talk a little bit more but yeah that, yeah that was my you know so that that is my goal is to get my get my script to the people i gave it to initially who i respect uh like i gave it to in october because I want to see if they've seen the improvement. Because I think there's been improvement, but I want to make sure it makes sense and it's on a path. Like I haven't lost it. You know what I mean? Like I haven't. Like they're not confused by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, because what's done your s- Super Bowl pick? Uh, you know, my you're bro- a secondary Chiefs fan. I yeah, know that. And my brother is a lifelong Chief, and we talked about it today for half an hour. Um, and uh, the Niners' defense is stout. Yeah, he he's he's just like you know. Mahomes is a special player. He's a great player. He's probably the best player in the NFL. He's like, but the Chiefs make too many mistakes. And and the only defense that he uh, struggled with this year was the Charger defense. He's going to be the first $200 million NFL player. And, 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 and you know, it, it was the, uh, you know, it, it, the only defense he struggled with was the Chargers, who run the exact same defense the Niners run. And the Niners have better players on defense. The Niners have a very good defense. They have the better Bosa. Uh, they, they've got a, and they're fast. I, I was watching Inside the NFL this week, and they were breaking down a couple plays of the Viking Niner game, just three plays on defense. Phil Sims broke it down, and it was just like, he is fucking right. I mean, it was like the Vikings had very good plays where they could have made a big play, and they just couldn't. I mean, like they had a they had a tight end screen, and I remember this play happening because they were the the chart. I mean, that's the, what she said, huh? You know, I remember that. Well, it was a tight end tight screen. end screen. So there it was. Go, uh, right? Yeah, I guess. There you go. So it was just trying uh, to keep it lively, baby. <laughs> this is why you petered out because we stopped telling jokes. Because because it, it, and it was, <laughs> and, and they showed this play. And I remember watching it when I and I was like the play should have worked better. When he broke it down, they had a and it was a great play call. They caught them on a blitz. It was a, a tight end screen. They had two linemen out there. They had this guy O'Neal and this guy Bradbury, who are younger guys who are mobile offensive linemen. The Barry basketball clan. And, and they and they went and they blocked two Niner guys down downfield. And then the linebacker just ran like twenty yards, like like young Erlacher speed, and just. Caught him, and it was like a four-yard gain. If he doesn't make that play, that's a 25-yard gain. They also showed a play where Richard Sherman got corkscrewed by Diggs. Diggs completely burnt him on a route, and and he was Diggs was open by by 20 yards, and they were gonna you know throw the bomb from like their own six-yard line, and and Cousins was under siege because their offensive line wasn't good enough because they're good at all three levels of defense. Their secondary is good, their linebackers are good, and their D line is good. So. It's it's going to be a challenge. The Chiefs have some very talented offensive players, and the way that they can win, I get their chance about a one in three. I think it's the Niners, two or three times they play. I really the want to see Andy Reid win a title. Yeah, everyone, I think that's a sentimental favorite, but it's yeah. just like, you know, they have to, and they've started off kind of slow uh, in their playoff games. Oh, shit, what was that? They started off kind of slow in their playoff games. Fuck my neck. Even though there's a little schadenfreude on my part because I feel like everybody is like an 
everybody's just automatically being like, oh, yeah, Mahomes is going to win like 19 Super Bowls. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, no. What, what my brother said, and he brings up the point, he's like, this Favre reminds me. only won one. He says, this this reminds me of uh, the Super Bowl 19, the Marino 49ers Super Bowl. When Marino was in that was in that game, it was like, Marino, when he came into football, it was a leap in, in the position. Like, he had 48 touchdowns that year in 1984. I mean, that was a record-breaking year. He had 5,000 yards passing. It was like this guy is – it was Don Shula realizing, I have a talent here, which I always gave Don Shula credit for. We're going to tailor it around him. It was his second year in the league, and they went 14-2. and two, You know, But they, they were a more flawed team. The Niners were just a more disciplined, better football team. That being said, the Niners offensively, they can run the ball, and the Chiefs don't stop the run that well. They yeah. stop it better than they used to, but they're going to basically have to uh, put eight to nine in the box and say, okay, Garoppolo, you have to beat us. And can he do that? Garoppolo threw a pick in the second half of the um, – of the uh, Viking game, or in the first end of the first half, only two times I cheered in the entire game. Uh, Eric Kendricks picked off Garoppolo deep in in, in uh, Niners territory, and and I was like, Garoppolo can throw picks. He's only thrown twelve passes since the first half of their first playoff game. He's only thrown twelve passes. They've run it seventy one times. So they're basically saying we are going to fucking run it down your throat. So the Chiefs. Don't have a good run defense. And that, that it just doesn't the optics don't bode well for the Chiefs. Also where you know? I honestly and this is not this is coming from an objective point and this is not coming from a rah rah Mitch Trubisky point of view. Oh God. Uh I'm just giving that a podcast. I'm just giving that caveat. I'm just giving that caveat. Okay. <laughs> uh I think Mahomes has a real uh possibility of becoming a Marino type story because he, the he's going to become the first two hundred million dollar player in the NFL. Oh yeah, the Chiefs are going to have to pay him. Are going to have to pay him two hundred million dollars. Yeah, and that's going in that market. That's going to cut into their ability to build a team around him. And I think that's what happened in Miami. Is their need to keep Marino Miami around? Need to get a fucking defense. Is what yeah. they fucking needed. Well, it, it, defense is also then. John what, offered all they. Stunk. Well, and being Miami helped them too because it's a major market, so they were able to generate some cash. And yeah. I think Kansas City's a smaller market. Yeah. I think them keeping Patrick Mahomes is going to hurt them being able to put a team around him every year. And you're definitely going to year in and year out, you're going to have to rely on him to win you a Super Bowl. Yeah, and yeah. in the NFL. It's tough. To Even do. Tom Brady couldn't do that. Yeah, and he, I, I truly do believe that Mahomes is the best player. He's in the great. NFL. He's he, great. Yeah, it's but but it's just boy. I mean, against the Titans, who were playing very, playing very well, boy, when he had that run at the end of the first half, I was like, oh my god! I thought he was going to run out of bounds. Like he fooled me, and I'm a, I got a pretty experienced eye. You know, I've watched a lot of football, yeah. and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, he did something new. Like that, that was a kind and of. And then like a, coming back from twenty-four nothing in the Titans. Yeah, the and, Texans I mean, he game. can. So I mean, they they won't be able to do that. They cannot get down because they won't be able to do that again. They'll score, but they will not score four on four straight possessions. It's not going to be. The Niners are too fucking good yeah. on defense. So they get, here's what has to happen for them to win too. Uh, they have to get a play out of their special teams. They have, that guy Hardiman, who's that rookie, he needs to have like a 60 or 70-yard kickoff return one time or, or bring one to the house, you know, but make a major play on special teams because they got to get some yardage in a different way. Tariq Hill is great. He's totally fast. Kelsey is an excellent athletic tight end, and obviously Mahomes is a great athlete, but they're facing a very good defense that's very fast and tackles Except they didn't miss a fucking tackle mm-hmm. in either of the games against the, against the Vikings and the Packers. They didn't miss a tackle. Like when they got there, you always got tackled. You know how rare that is. 
The Vikings were able to do that like three years ago. For, now they don't do. They can't do that. It's even yeah. more. But it's like holy shit. I'm honestly you know? pumped for a healthy Bears defense next year. Oh, you should be. I mean, because that, that's the key to it all. Healthy Bears it defense. It's more than Mitch. I'm excited. Oh no, I know that. Yeah, I'm also excited to see what they do uh, around the offense. I think they're going to sign Alex Smith as a backup. Yeah, uh, I hope he can walk. Well, I, it's more. Christ, what it's a more, gruesome injury! Ooh, that was. Ooh. I think it's more because Alex Smith was good at uh, kind of coaching up uh, Mahomes because he yeah. was the bat. He was the starter for Mahomes' rookie year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Give him a job doing that. I yeah, guess. Maybe I'm that'll still help. here. You know, uh, yeah. It, um, it's so they're gonna get a backup for Mitch. Uh, they have a second round pick this year. Yeah, I think they, they don't have, have a first round pick because of the no, trades, because right? of the Mac trades. Yeah, this is the last year they don't have a first round pick. Okay. Uh, wow. So it's going to be interesting to see how they swing this draft. I think Ryan Pace knows that he's kind of on the hot seat yeah. as far as build, team building wise. So I think yeah. he has to nail this fucking draft. Yeah. Um, and I, you, I'm a fucking. I think Mitch is going to have a good year. Uh, uh you, I tell you what, man. When you don't have an offensive line. When you don't have an offensive line, it makes the game difficult to watch. I mean, and and that's he still through for three thousand yards. But no, I'm talking about with I'm talking about the Vikings. Oh yeah. I, I mean, the Vikings' offensive line is just they have some young players they're trying to develop. Long there. retired for the Bears. Yeah, long. It's not, that's my point with the Bears. I think their line's going to have some problems. That's why I think that you know? I think the draft. You got to get like two or three linemen. I think they're going to have to draft an offensive yeah. lineman like a motherfucker. Yeah, like in the second or third round. First you got, pick. You, yeah, yeah. First, you got to get best, someone best on the board. Yeah, yeah, you have to get a it, when you don't have a good offensive line, it is just difficult, you know. It's difficult to watch the game. I don't know if I told you about this, so I watched this and it could all be bullshit cuz who knows where people get their information for YouTube shit. So, when the ba- the Bears scouted Mahomes, Deshaun Watson and Trubisky. Yeah. John Fox wanted Deshaun Watson. Nobody thought Mahomes was going to be what he was. They all yep. saw the gun arm, yep. but everybody's reason for not thinking Mahomes was going to be what he was is because he played in the air raid offense. Yeah. Which is just like... Scheme. Fucking Case, They got burnt by too Case many Houston... Keenum, Adrian, Andre Ware Case and Keenum Dave Klingler. Is, Case Keenum is the NCAA all-time leading passer oh, in yeah. yards. Absolutely. Um, so that's why people were dumb on that. Yeah. So Fox wanted Watson. Pace fell in love with Mitch Trubisky. Do you want to know what put it over? And th- these are the stories where Mitch Trubisky has to pan out, or yeah. these are going to be the stories that makes you put your head in your hands. Yeah, yeah. So they had a dinner, and this was like Mitch Trubisky's meeting the team, and it was like four hours long. And on their way out, it was like a great they uh, they both say it was like a first date, like they just yeah. fucking laid it all out there, kind of what kind of person you are. The whole fucking staff yeah. fell in love with Trubisky. Uh, they loved his athleticism, but this locked it in. Pace walks outside with him, and he sees that he has a shitty, like, 1980s Honda. And I guess that sealed for Ryan Pace. It, Why? It, because it, cause it told something about his character. Like, here's, here's a kid about to be drafted number two overall in the NFL, and he's got a shitty car. He must work hard. He must be. And, and it also. Can't be the fault. And process. it also helped. So ridiculous. And it also, I guess they liked that he didn't leave college, that he stuck it out. And, like, when they didn't choose him as a starter, that, like, he didn't just be a prima donna and go start somewhere else, that he was like, no, I'm going to earn my time as a starter. Yeah, well, you know. 
know, there's that. And there's also the guy who's just an asshole. And it's like, God damn it, I, I'm fucking good. Yeah. And, and I think you have to have some asshole. But I've I've in. looked into it, and there's multiple. That car thing is multiple things. That it wasn't the only reason, but it yeah. was like the over the top of like, yeah. oh, this kid's not a, not a prima donna. He drives a regular car. So yeah. like, yeah. people say that God. they the so they basically say that like. You could blame having Trubisky for him driving a modest car. Because <laughs> a lot of college athletes have fucking fly-ass rides, Oh, uh, when, when, when they're going to get drafted? Yeah. I remember when I was in Wisconsin, Troy Vincent, remember the name Troy Vincent? Yes. Defensive back with yeah. the Eagles. Eagles. Was drafted by the, by the Dolphins, also played for the Bills. He had like a 14-year career. I think he's one of the big guys in the, the players' union. He's like one of, in the top three guys. Like he's, he's like a, I remember I met him was his freshman year in, at Wisconsin. And he was a totally good player before Alvarez. I mean, they were shitty. They had Troy Vincent, who was a fourth or sixth overall player taken in the 1992 draft. I remember in 92, I was still in Madison, right before I moved to Chicago, and I saw a guy driving some fucking amazing BMW, and he drove past. Dude, BMWs are sick. And it said Troy, and I was like, oh, yeah. There he is. He got, yeah, I was like, yeah, he, 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 he got his money, you know, so... Uh, but but he had a fourteen year career. I respect Troy Vincent. He's a total like man's man. He owns businesses and shit. You know, he's like a man in business. You know, making choices and decisions. You know, you know who did that in his, the community uh, and doing his thing. You know? Dennis McKinnon from the Bears. Oh, oh so he got had a big, like a very successful business career. He parlayed his he had enough he of opened, a name. He had, like, he had like a well, no, during it, like after the after the Bears Super Bowl year. He started like a fashion line. Jesus. And like he really fucking got his money together. A lot of those players got their fucking shit together. Yeah, I'm still here, dude. It's hilarious. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm if talking the, to the TV many when I say I'm still McKinnon here. McKinnon jeans. <laughs> I don't know if those are. I was thinking about those mid '80s Bears. I was, and just when they became good, and how big they were. Like they were such a name in the country. I mean, they were that country's team for a while. Like, yeah. They had a large. Larger than life presence. Well, it was a very uh, aggressive time for. Like, I think people liked that they were so fucking deadly on defense. Oh, their defense was. I mean, it was murderous. Their defense was murderous. But but also, dude, there really isn't dick on TV tonight. They they had names all over the place. You know what I mean? I mean, they had, and then all these guys were like national and regional guys. Like, you could have been a regional guy at that time. I think Dan Hampton. I look at him as like being like. Or a Chicago guy, but he has a he still does a few like Ford commercials and shit. Like oh, in yeah. Chicago, like he's got enough. He of a works presence for the Bears Chicago. too. He's he does like the, I think he works for Fox. He does their like Bears nighttime show. Have did the Vikings have one of those? Like in my whole life, there's always been a show at 11 p.m. Sunday night that covers Dedicates like to the Bears what happened Chicago's, today. Yeah. Was there like a Viking show of like, you know, the, no. the purple program or something there, no, like no, there, that? There was. And I remember I had cable in Wisconsin. You have to understand, Keith, before cable television, you just, it was all local. You didn't get anything from the Vikings in 1979 when I was 10 years old. You had, they were rarely on TV. So when they were on Monday Night Football, it was like, 
get to fucking watch the Viking. I mean, it was like this special treat, and you waited for it. Oh yeah, because when you, you left excited. DC, well, you should have gotten well, no, no, them no, more. No, no, I, I got them in Wisconsin. Then we got cable. We got cable in Wisconsin. By the early '80s, cable came in, and then you had access to it. And I used to watch the Viking, uh, the pregame and also the postgame stuff for the Viking. And these just garbage. who was their home commentator? Go, go, garbage. Well, it was national, but who was their? No, they didn't. They, they didn't. It was who w, was the it radio was WCC, guy uh, back then? I think it was. It was before Paul Allen. Paul Allen is a radio guy now. He's very, very excitable, loud guy. I think Greg Coleman was on was on the radio. Was a punter for them, and then who? Uh, God, who else did they have? Cause th- th- those were bad teams. They had some bad te- from like eighty two to eighty six. Me living in Wisconsin and getting to cheer for these just shitty Viking teams. You know, it, it was very. You uh, need to do it though. These fans that uh, are like these cowboy fans that are like fair weather. Not fair weather, but just these dudes that are like people that are around my age who are kind of just now getting sour because they're like, we're bad now because they remember the Aikman years and they're like when they were kids and like you see it more in soccer like this year, Manchester United is garbage. Yeah. And by garbage, I mean like sixth place in the Premier League. But you have all these Manchester United fans crying like bitches. Yeah. We're like, dude, I just watched my team play three straight years in the second tier. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. it's yeah. you can you cannot win the league for one year or how yeah. it, I mean, it's been almost 10 years since they won the Premier League. Yeah. So I whatever. But they've won the most and they're the most story. One of 13 the, times out of 22 years. Like, yeah. go get over your fucking self. I know. I know. You need to have those years where yeah. it's just bad. Yeah, absolutely. It is, and all of my sportsmen's, all my fansmanship has all been forged when my teams were fading and bad. That's why the I'm t- do Packer fans. Everyone likes oh. to make fun of the Bears for busting on quarterbacks every year. But Packer fans listening to this, get ready to not have a Hall of Fame quarterback God. in a year or two. Well, when that happens, because you're not statistically, they are not going to draft another Hall of Fame. Oh God, it's you can't be have so three satisfying. in a row. It's going to be so have- satisfying. It's gonna be so satisfying when they when they when they when they whiff and when they realize what it's like to be a team that has Who shitty was quarterback play. Before fucking Favre. Don Mikowski. they've had two quarterbacks basically since I was twenty three years old. Favre and, and Rodgers, and they and they're the worst team in the NFL before that. We've gone through it a million times in the podcast, but I got at the same time Rodgers is still pretty good, man. I mean, he had some throws against that defense. You know, I mean, he kind of got them somewhat back. I think in the he game. has like three more years left in him. You know, and, and you know, because here's the thing about him too: he was actually a little guy who had to g- grow up and get. Back. That's part of the reason why he wasn't recruited in high school. I think he weighed 165 pounds yeah. when he graduated from high school. You got to get over 200 pounds even playing college. I think you know, so it's like. He had to grow into his body, so I I don't know if he can endure the punishment, especially in that weather. Now I'm sure he's got great trainers, and I'm sure he's got a great diet. But he turns 37 this year. He turns 37, and it's like, but you know, you look at you look at Brady, you look at Manning. Boy, they were able to be pretty effective into their fo- early, very early 40s. Manning fell off the cliff. Those last two years of his career was mm-hmm. like, man, you shouldn't even be out there. You know, it's like he could barely move. I mean, they, they won that Super Bowl not because of Peyton or not because of, of Manning. Eli. They, they, yeah, well, they, that game was like they won like 15 to 11. Well, when they beat the uh, Panthers like four years ago in the Super Bowl, that, that was oh, Peyton, Peyton Manning. That was Peyton's last game. Oh, yeah, but that year he threw for like he set the yards and touchdown record. No, it was the year, year before okay. he did. That, that year, he started to, his his numbers really declined. His numbers started no no no. It, it was 
I thought you meant Eli. No, no, no. It was two years later. It was two years later. When, when he set the records for, for, for the... That's uh, when they got shredded by the fucking Seahawks. By the Seahawks. But then the Seahawks lost to the Patriots, and then they won. A, so it was two years later. By two years later, he had fallen off the cliff. Well, that defense he got had him fallen. through it. I mean... Yeah, that, Von that, Miller won that Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it was... Because that Panther team was destined. They were 15-1. and one. That was yeah. Cam Newton's peak year. Peak Cam Newton. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, but, you know, some... Sometimes that only happens one time. So back to the original idea, if, if Mahomes, you got to do it, you know. And I, I think that San Francisco, they have not faced him, and they're going to face a player they've never faced before. So he's going to have flashes and moments where he's pretty good. I just don't know if he can do it consistently. And frankly, he's got a turnover or two in him, you know. Remember that game against the Rams last year? Now he was a rookie, you know, and he's really never had a bad game in his entire career. It was career. like fifty-seven, fifty-four. Yeah, yeah, I think he had five turn. I think he had five interceptions or you know four interceptions, one one fumble. So he's got it in him to turn it but over. He also so, had like seven. That's the thing about yes, Mahomes yeah. is he'll throw eight touchdowns. I know. <laughs> he has the capacity to put up some video game numbers, and they have enough players. Uh, you know, Watkins. He's quarterback Bo Jackson. So they're they're so then that goes back to it. Their offensive line has to play well enough against the D line because the D line for the Niners is is very talented. It's very Armstead's very good. Bosa's very good. They are and and they're. Eh, Fuck Boy, yeah, man! It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game. I mean, and I want the I want the Chiefs to win because I think it'll be. But I just don't see it. I just don't. I, I just don't see it. I, I see the the Niners winning the game. You know, they're, they're and even with Garoppolo, he's capable of making a mistake too. Like he could. Th- that's but that's he's another also, way. But also, he's as good as playing as good as Mahomes. He's capable of that because I've no, seen him. I've seen him when there was a, he played against the Saints where they were going back and forth. Well, yeah, the Saints. Have you a need a quarterback, day. and this is where you have to have some ability. To and do this that. is where uh, you see the gaps in like quarterbacks that aren't elite, like Mariota and fucking Trubisky and fucking yeah. all the other dudes that are like good but not great. Is yeah. you need someone who can go back and forth. Like you need a quarterback that. When Breeze throws a touchdown, you know you can throw you another some touchdown. Capacity to Who do can that. just yeah. back and forth, back and forth, back yeah. and forth. Well, if they have to do that, I mean, they have enough receivers to do that, I think. Uh, I th- and Kittle's obviously yeah. a very good tight end. Kittle's good in the run game, though, man. Jesus, he is a great run blocker. Here's tight where end. A, like a great here's a run fact, run, too. Because anyone could is dumb enough to not see what Mahomes could turn out to be but check this Bears mishap out yeah. same draft 2017 yeah. after they took Mitch to yeah. number 2 overall in the first round yeah second round they draft Adam Shaheen at tight end they could have had George Kittle <laughs> George Kittle went in the 5th round yeah well, you know it's also you know I think that's a bigger miss than Trubisky over Mahomes oh, as far as the knowledge you had at, at the time Bears have had some bad drafts at different times. Some really bad drafts. Real bad. Where it's like, this is just a bad... I mean, I think of some of their first... Like Curtis Enos and re- trading for Rick Because overall, and Pace like, has done well. And Rashawn Salam, rest in peace. And I mean, it's just... Overall, Pace has done well. Yeah. I mean, he built that defense. He hired, oh, yeah. He hired the coaches that built the defense. The, the, their D is... If their D is healthy, be, be happy. Because yeah. that, that also get, that's a little bit of a cover for Trubisky to develop. And too. if you can put an actual O line and running game around Trubisky, that's at least a safety net of him making mistakes and giving him time. Like he really yeah. also, uh, 
they did up his attempts too, and I wonder if that was like what, a, an emergency. Uh, yeah, he had like f- over 500 pass attempts, which they, I think that might be the first time in Bears history they let their quarterback throw that much. Uh, so you in, know, in the 2018, fact is too, if you're going to improve, you know what you have to do? You have to throw it. Yeah, you have to just get used so to he situations. Went from about, he went from about 400 attempts in 2018 to over 500 in 2019. So and I yeah. and you and I would imagine yeah. that workload is a is gonna hang on. You know what's weird is when I was a kid, he's got to develop, man. It's when I was a kid, this, this is his year. It this is to, this is the this is the. I don't care if and I, and I love yeah. him. This is the year. Where I don't care how big of a fan you are. If he doesn't improve this year, it's over. It's over. Yeah, it has to improve. It has to improve. Uh, he's just got to figure out coverages. He's got to become. He he doesn't know how to read defense as well. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, and, and it's whereas when you look at Rogers, Rogers, it's just like it's like it's this fluid, instantaneous decision yeah. process when he makes a choice. And Mahomes so knows fluid. how to make choices via his athleticism. Absolutely. See, and, and that's where he's different. I think another quarterback, the Marino comparison. Marino's I've seen Mahomes make terrible athlete. throws that become completions because he'll like he throws it so hard. I saw this yeah. one play where he his arm got hit, but because he threw it so hard, it duck. It like was like a duck snort, and he still was like a twenty yard completion. <laughs> where it's like that was a bad throw, yeah. But because he has a fucking <laughs> rookie of the arm. year fucking cannon arm, yeah. It ends up being like, wow, what an all-pro throw. Where you're like, no, that was technically a horrendous <laughs> choice to throw that ball. But, but, but his, his arm's so good he can do it. Yeah. But but and this is what Jay says, my brother, and he's fucking right. Because my brother does all his research on it, makes total sense. You know, he he's a you know he's an old man, he's a baseball player. Mahomes is a very good baseball he was born player, with a fantastic arm. And also, also, he was an all-state basketball player in Texas, where I'm sure there's no good basketball players. I'm sure mm-hmm. Texas has no, you know only Shaquille O'Neal came through there and fucking Dennis Rodman and. Like, I mean, there has been some talent that's come out of the state of Texas. He was a two-time All-State basketball player. So what my brother says, and I think he's totally right, he actually, basketball is his favorite sport. It's, it's, It's not football. But he has been able to combine baseball, basketball, and football into the quarterback position because he understands space really well. He's done he, hook throws where yeah, like, yeah, it looks yeah, like he's yeah. going to do a hook shot. Yeah, and, and He's so, an athletic freak, dude. Yeah, it, it, so it's like – and he's he's also like 6'4", like 230. People don't realize. I think they think of him being a little smaller. But he's like a pretty big guy. And he has some shake ability. He can beat you with his, with his legs, but he – murders you with his arm he can take the top of a defense so if they're going to win he has to have like two 60 yard passes also and they have to have a big huge special teams play and not fuck up a lot because you know some i, I think the niners yeah, that's are going to hold the ball you, for a while because you can get the chiefs at third and 18 and he'll get the first down i also think it has the feeling of that that bills giant super bowl super bowl 25 when the bills had an amazing offense the whole k gun we're going to go and parcells is like no we are going to we're gonna play time position, uh, t- time possession. It's like you know the Niners oh, yeah. can do Haas that. Stetler threw like ten passes. Well, or I mean, something like I, that. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I mean, and you don't have. I, I think he threw a few more than that, but I think it was like seventeen or something. You know, they well, had the Buffalo threw eleven in the NFC title game. Well, exactly. And that's why he's making the point. You know, it's just like um, Tevin Coleman could drop two hundred on you at any point. Absolutely. You know, so. 
I think that they're going to have to try to stop the run. They're going to put eight or nine in the box to do that. And and the Chiefs have not done a good job with that. But they have this guy, Chris Jones, who's a pretty good defensive tackle. When they put him in at the end of the first half of the Titans game, they weren't stopping the Titans the first three possessions. It didn't happen. They put him in in the fourth possession, and they stopped him. And then Mahomes made that play, and that was the game. That was the turning point. And Chris Jones is a good player. He's had two more weeks to heal up. So if they have him, they have him and Frank Clark. Remember Frank Clark? Played for the Seahawks. Was a yeah. They have him was a pretty good player, too. But their linebackers are garbage. The 49ers? No. No, the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs. Chief, the Niners are good. Their linebackers are very good. And the, yeah, the Chiefs got a good linebackers secondary, have like seven too. or eight good, really good defensive, like really good defensive players. They're fast, they're young, and they tackle also, well. Also, where I think people are underestimating the Niners versus the Chiefs is... But, oh, yeah. we're going to end it now. No, no, that's okay. Uh, no, fine. Kyle Shanahan is going to be the next Bill Belichick. I think he's. I think he's a like a weird savant of like Patrick Mahomes is a freak quarterback. Yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan is a freak level coach. Yeah, like if you think, I mean, they got the good play, and also fucking John Lynch is a fucking great GM. Yeah. No, I mean they they had they had a strategy and they executed. I think the Niners are going to embark on another fucking like ten years where well, they're we'll really see. good. I, I, I am not drinking Garoppolo's. Uh, you no, know, I'm Kool-Aid. saying as far as their front office, like yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're looking at another. They're going to put. You're looking put, at another Bill Walsh type run. They're going to put a competitive team up every there. year. Yeah, because Kyle Shanahan's that good at being a coach. Well, it's also, I mean, dude, the fact is, you're in one of the wealthiest areas on the planet you know you're gonna have successful people around you who know how to operate things you yeah. know what i mean because i think people are underestimating that like oh andy reads this offensive genius like i think kyle shinahan might be as good if yeah. not a better coach yeah. and he's younger he knows the modern game more yeah. andy reed adapts so well though because yeah, if you think yeah. about it people talk about like uh, Andy Reid is the godfather of this new, like these new Arara offenses. Yeah. But he's been coaching for fucking 30 years. I know. Well, he, co- like, he coached the Philadelphia farm. Eagles didn't run this exciting Patrick Mahomes fucking, fucking 70 yard. Yeah. Greatest show on turf offense. Yeah. yeah. They were just a regular offense. It's just because Andy Reid knows, I think he knows to hire people who have a, insight into that shit well, I, of think like, he, I think he understands gonna, offense very well yeah and yeah. he knows how he know he changes his 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 um, style with the times yeah, yeah you know he's able to he's able to be flexible which is which is, i mean for a football coach to do that football coach there's some of the most hard-headed rock-headed that whole i'm chasing around erwin rommel and the north african desert mentality they have that these guys are not flexible reed is flexible i'll give him that he's got a system but you know one of their weaknesses too if they have a third and two play or they have a fourth and one play fourth and one don't go for it unless you truly truly have like you have to win the by game's doing on that. the line yeah. because don't do it in the first half because you ain't gonna get it that's just not gonna happen like yeah. the real tough yard for whatever reason andy reed's teams have never been able to do that they can't just turn that switch on and i think honestly that is a mentality like a, you know i feel like the bears in the mid 80s if they're gonna go for it on fourth and one they're gonna get it with their offensive also for, line for know? the first time ever andy reed's is uh going in as a, the favorite or also, are they dogs in this game? One point favorites. One point, one point favorites. It's a, fuck, it's a 
pick him. I mean, I because when he goes, the in, Niners should be favored. Because when they went, they should be favored. Like when the Eagles you know, went against the four. Patriots, people were like, "Well, the fucking Eagles aren't going to win this game." Like everybody knew the Patriots were going to beat the Eagles. I think this is the first time people were like, "Andy Reid has a shot to fucking win this game." Well, he does, but Mahomes has to make two big plays. They got to get a big, get a, get, uh, get a big play out of special teams. Yeah. You know? Jesus Christ. Well, we're at about a buck 30. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. shut it down. Uh, do you have anything to plug before we leave? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, talk about my script. I'm going to be doing some, st- I went to, you know, I'm going to do some stand up at the Ice House in April. I'll try to get some other bookings lined up. So we'll see. I have a, uh, I got to Feb- work a little harder on that front. February 10th, of- I will be in San Diego, California, doing awesome. stand up uh, Thunder Bar comedy. It's at this place called The Lady something t- uh, Ale House. Lady. Blind lady. Tramp. The Blind Lady Ale House. The uh, Blind Beggar. I'll update my website and post that stuff out, keithpazel.com. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, Apple, uh, Google, all the Spotify, all sorts of shit. Follow me and Crocious on the social medias. Uh, he's at Insecure Comic on Twitter. <laughs> I am at Keith Pazel. Uh, same thing on Instagram. He is Adam Crocious on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, thank you for I, I listening. to that. <laughs> uh, yeah thanks for listening thanks for listening we'll people. see you next week we're gonna do an Oscar episode uh, I was gonna try and have him do a fucking Super Bowl episode but we're gonna actually watch the Super Bowl uh, yep. yeah see ya see ya <laughs>